0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest out there. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers later on this week. Panthers wrapped up day 11 of training camp down at Wofford College down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, the penultimate day. Of training camp at Wofford as they'll head back on Wednesday. And most of the uh, ones and twos actually will already be up in Charlotte on Tuesday evening, while the rest of the threes will be down there for one final day at Wofford. For day 12 but the rest of those guys will come back home then prepare for Fan Fest at Bank of America Stadium on Thursday then head up to Washington to face Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders in the first of three preseason games this upcoming season but we'll get into more of that later on here on the show as we know The main storyline heading into training camp for the Carolina Panthers, outside of Matt Rule, of course, heading into a year three where he has to win or he's going to get kicked the hell out of town, was, of course, the quarterback competition. And we've been putting in quotes all preseason long, all training camp long, between Sam Darnold, the incumbent, and Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick, back in the 2018 draft, where Sam Darnold went third overall to New York. Both those guys... Did not pan out in original stops. Sam came here last year. The hope was that a new setting with some better weapons around him, that Sam would improve and he would show why he was chosen third overall. As we all know, and as I predicted, that did not happen, and Sam Darnold proved to be not a starting caliber quarterback in the National Football League. Nice guy, probably will stick around for a long time as a backup, but he's not someone who's ever going to lead an NFL franchise to prominence in his career. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, did the impossible and took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. Then a year later, battling through injury, fell to favor with ownership, with management, and his head coach Kevin Stefanski, and now is landed here in Charlotte. The Panthers spent the entirety of the offseason trying to find an upgrade from Sam Darnold, and they found that on July 6th when they sent a fifth-round conditional pick in 2024 to the Cleveland Browns to decided that they're only going to pay $4.85 million of Baker Mayfield's salary, and they convinced him to give up $3.5 million of his original salary, the fifth-year option this upcoming season, so he could come down here to get an opportunity to be the starting quarterback and to try and salvage his career. They've done everything in their power to get rid of Sam Darnold. Matt Rule can say whatever he wants. He does not want Sam Darnold to be a starting quarterback. Scott Fitterer went out there in on every move. In on Deshaun, didn't work out. In on Russell, didn't work out. Looked at all the quarterbacks in the draft, traded up to get Matt Corral, but said he's not someone we were looking to start right away. We want to bring him along slowly, which then led to Baker. The Panthers have made all these moves to get rid of Sam Darnold, but yet walked into training camp with the idea – that they're going to let the two of them battle it out. And as I read from Joe Person from The Athletic, you put it out on Tuesday morning just going over how Baker Mayfield has been separating himself, that in due part, the reason why there's even a competition is out of respect to Sam Darnold and the rest of the roster to have Baker come in here and earn a job. It's the same reason why we've done the whole charade of Taylor Moten, not Taylor Moten, but of Icky rather, not getting the opportunity right away at left tackle and Rule wanting him to earn it, even though at the end of the day, they didn't bring him in sixth overall to not be the starting left tackle for this organization in that rebuilt offense line. The same way they did not bring in Baker Mayfield In turn every stone in this country when it came to quarterbacks over this offseason not to start Baker Mayfield. He is the starting quarterback. So with all that said, It is time to end it. They're heading to Washington this Saturday evening or afternoon. Go ahead, start Baker, see what he has as far as his timing and communication and rapport with the rest of the offense and start building on that since we've spent all this time splitting reps over the course of the last 11 practices at Wofford. No more. I saw the stats that that get tweeted out daily. Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer has been doing it throughout the last couple of weeks and breaking down who won that day. Baker has the advantage. And you see it more and more. And I talk about it, just the relationships that he's starting to build with these guys, the way that someone like Dante Jackson was talking about Baker, saying that, oh, that's the guy you want to pick off 12 times just to get him to shut up. He likes the competitive nature. He likes the leadership that Baker Mayfield is bringing this organization. The vibe is completely different. Think about when Cam Newton came in here and just how everyone was so much happier, so much more excited to play football. That is just not the case when Sam Darnold's around. And that's not to say they don't like Sam. They just don't follow Sam. And if they're going to follow Sam, they're going to follow him into mediocrity and in another losing season. So Baker's not the guy. We know that. But does Matt Rule want to admit it now or does he want to drag this out for yet another week? On Tuesday, Baker went four for four with four touchdowns in a goal line session to four different receivers. Imagine Sam Darnold ever doing that. That finished practice, Baker led the Panthers' first team offense on back-to-back two-minute drives in practice. Teddy couldn't do that back in 2020. We saw Sam do it once after a terrible offensive day. where We threw an interception on the very first play of the game against Minnesota last year. He dragged their tails back into it and sent them to overtime before they lost that game. We have not seen players be able to do that in this Panthers' offense at that quarterback position since Matt Rule got here. And Baker... In his 11th practice, barely knowing the offense, still getting to know these guys, was able to achieve that. It's just practice. It's not the game. It's just practice. But it's evident that Baker Mayfield has clearly separated himself from Sam Darnold. Everyone knows it. And I'm sure Matt does too. But we'll find out whether he wants to keep this going for another week and waste reps with Sam Darnold against New England a team that was a playoff team from a year ago and one of the greatest coaches in football history, one of the best defensive minds ever in Bill Belichick, and waste out on Sam. Even though we know every time Sam plays Belichick, what happens? He sees ghosts, he throws constant interceptions, and he is an absolute shell of himself as an NFL quarterback in those situations. Why waste time? when clearly Baker's the option and you have to win this year. You should be trying to give your starting quarterback as many first-team reps as possible. So, Matt, I'm begging you to end it now. Name Baker the starter, and let's move on. Well, someone who wants to move on from Chicago is apparently Roquan Smith, a two-time second-team All-Pro inside linebacker, wants out from the Bears, and he wants to get paid. Well, of course, that happens, and some of y'all are already asking me, should the Panthers, and namely Scott Fitterer, be in on this deal, too? We'll talk about it in just a moment right here on Locked on Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and even golf. Big-time lawsuit going on with Liv and the PGA Tour and the FedEx Cup playoffs getting going underway this weekend at TPC Southwind out there in Memphis. So go ahead and get your money. In bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone. One thing that I appreciate about the listeners to Locked On Panthers, other than their constant and unending support. Thank you so much again to everyone out there who supports the show. What I love is they're always sending me messages about, hey, should the Panthers trade for this guy? What do you think about this player? How could he fit here in Carolina? After I saw the Roquan Smith news drop on Tuesday morning, I knew it was only a matter of time. Before someone slid into my DMs on Twitter at Julian Council, by the way, and asked me about Roquan Smith. Now, you can't wait till the Friday mailbag to answer questions like that, because I got multiple of them of people asking me, Should the Panthers be in on this deal? As Roquan Smith sent in a trade request to the C- to the Chicago Bears. They have their new management new general manager, Ryan Poles, the former general manager, was uh, God, I forgot his name. He's down in Atlanta now. Uh, crap, whatever. Uh, but he's gone to get the, either way, the staff that hired him or that hired him, we basically hired him. The staff that drafted him, they're now gone. And Roquan is playing on his fifth year option. He wants to get paid and rightfully so he's the bears best player. The team is God awful. They have no receivers for their second year, first round pick. And Justin Fields at quarterback, they're going to be terrible. You would think a team when they have a good player wants to pay them. But for whatever reason, the uh, new management there is just not interested in paying Roquan Smith. So he sent out a long Apple note to the fan base and told them, hey, it's not me. It's them. I want to be here. I think about how I want to be like Butkus and Erlacher and all the great linebackers in Chicago. I wanted to be a monster of the midway, but they don't want to pay me. And I got to get my money. So if they're not going to pay me, I want to go somewhere else where our team will pay me. Could that be Carolina. It's hard to say right now. Roquan Smith, again, two-time, second-team, all-pro. Very good player, 25 years old, was a monster at Georgia and has been a monster so far in the NFL. You look at the need the Carolina Panthers have at a talented middle linebacker, really a Luke Keekly replacement. They have not replaced Luke Keekly. It's very hard. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's not very easy to replace him, especially when you ask to hear Whitehead. And Jermaine Carter Jr. and likely now Damien Wilson to step into his position and play at the same level. We have been spoiled at the linebacker position over the years here in Carolina, whether it's been Luke, Thomas Davis, John Beeson, Dan Morgan. We have gotten spoiled, and it's been tough to watch the last couple seasons as we have guys that have left a lot to be desired playing in that linebacker room. But Phil Snow, the new defensive coordinator—well, not the new, but the uh, third-year defensive coordinator here in Carolina—thinks that. This can be a better group. Either way, ain't nobody in this room better than Roquan Smith. Shaq absolutely is a leader in that linebacker room and on this defense and on this team as a whole. He is not Roquan Smith. If Roquan Smith came to Carolina, just think of all the sick things that Phil Snow could draw up for this defense. I'm already imagining that when we talked about last week. The top three corners and Dante and J.C. and C.J. Henderson, especially with C.J.'s emergence, if those guys can be nails on the outside, what that allows Phil Snow to do as far as sending pressure and all the creative things and looks he could give to a show to a quarterback. Just imagine throwing Roquan Smith into that. Parental advisory, hide the freaking children kind of stuff. It's gonna be It would be scary to have him, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Dante Jackson, CJ Henderson, JC Horn, hopefully Gross Bados coming along, Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, to have all those dudes on his defense, come on, yes, sign me up, the problem though is, he's going to cost at least a first round pick, at least, and I'm looking at it as well, it's not just going to be a first round pick, they're going to want probably a third or a fourth, and if you look at the upcoming 2023 draft, now it's not upcoming, it's a long way away, thank God, um, the Panthers don't have a third-round pick and don't have a sixth-round pick. Those both belong to New England because they traded up for Matt Corral, and they didn't need to a couple months ago. And they traded for Stephon, Gil- yeah, Stephon Gilmore, who barely played here in Carolina. And that's become, for whatever reason, a habit of Scott Fitter. is just the roll away draft picks. Um, but, yeah, sometimes draft picks, if you can get a proving player, then I totally get it. You just want to keep that proven player for a couple of years. Now, if you are going to get Roquan Smith, they're going to have to extend him. And here's the thing about Roquan when it comes to extensions. Look at the rest of the roster and kind of and the players who are going to be up for an extension, a new contract and in the next offseason or two. Brian Burns needs to get paid this upcoming offseason. They exercise fifth year option. That's what we'll be playing on next season. He needs to get paid this upcoming offseason. Do not drag that out. Of course, there's always the franchise tag option. They don't need to do that with someone who's turning out to be one of the premier edge rushers, the youngest, one of the premier young edge rushers in the NFL. Jeremy Chin, his third season. They don't have the benefit of the fifth-year option with Jeremy Chin. He's probably going to need to get paid this offseason. If not, then next, when he would be a free agent. Do you want Jeremy Chin going to free agency? I would think not. So those are two core pieces of the defense that need to get paid. Look at Baker Mayfield. Baker has success and can play at the level he has played at in the past, especially the second half of that 2020 season, when he helped Cleveland go to the playoffs, and they beat the brakes off of the Steelers on the road in Pittsburgh. If he's that guy all year long, and they have success, and he saves Matt Rule's job, he's going to want to get paid starting quarterback money. And quarterbacks are expensive. And yes, the idea of Matt Crow coming in here and being cheap is great, but a Baker cooks this year, It's going to be really hard to move off of him and also to lowball him and not pay him what he wants to be paid. He's trying to get paid this upcoming season, especially after taking a three and a half million dollar pay cut. I don't think he's going to be too keen on the Panthers franchising him and not giving him the money he thinks he's going to deserve if he plays at a high level this upcoming season. There's also the fifth year options that they're going to have to make a decision on with C.J. Henderson and Derrick Brown. Both of which, at this point in time, I would not say the Panthers are going to exercise. We'll see how the season plays out, of course. And that's just based off of what we've seen so far. Not saying that they're not going to project to be good players. Just saying right now, that's a decision that they probably would not make as far as in the favor of the two players. Gross Mottos, his third year, starting into a star, stepping into a starting role. If he plays at a high level, he's going to be due for a contract extension at some point in time. Now, you can't pay everybody, but just recognize... That by bringing in Roquan Smith, you might not be able to pay both Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. They got to find a way, but you might not be able to keep all of these corners. And Scott's going to talk about how he has a plan. Until that quarterback is signed and found, it's really hard to budget for the rest of the roster. The quarterback position is going to command the most money. And they're not going to be able to keep doing the whole bargain bin, bargain hunter kind of deal. They're going to have to pay somebody eventually. And when you look at Roquan, like the trades, there's not... Any great examples of inside linebackers in particular being traded? Like When you look at Chicago a couple years ago when they did trade for um, Khalil Mack with the Raiders, they sent two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a sixth-round pick for Khalil Mack, who's more of an edge rusher. Edge rushers are getting a ton of paid a lot of money. Now, inside linebackers are getting paid as well. You saw what Shaquille Leonard, formerly known as Darius Leonard, got last year before the season started. Five years, $98.5 million to reset the market, $52.5 million fully guaranteed. Fred Warner is more of an off-ball outside linebacker, but not an edge rusher. He got paid back in San Francisco with the team that drafted him. C.J. Mosley had to leave. The Ravens get paid by the Jets in free agency. Bobby Wagner was cut by Seattle, then went to L.A. to sign there. You're not seeing a lot of inside linebackers groomed by those organizations not getting paid. You don't see them getting traded. So there's not very many op, um, examples out there. I don't look at um, Roquan by, in the same light as a Khalil Mack as far as, you know, the the uh, compensation would be. But it's going to cost you a first-round pick. Okay, the Carolina Panthers – give up their first-round pick when they've already given up their third and sixth-round pick next year, it's going to be one of the major concerns depending on how things play out in the next year's draft. Would you rather wait to see what linebackers are out there in college and try and draft them in the first round, or would you rather get a known commodity? I'm typically someone who would rather get a known commodity, but knowing that you've already given up a third-round pick and other draft compensation in the last couple, last two seasons, do you want to do that? But the man can ball. Now, for what it's worth, when you're looking at um, Roquan Smith and Darius Leonard, or Shaquille Leonard now, he Shaquille Leonard has 17 forced fumbles in four years. Roquan has one, for what it's worth, even though he's still a two-time second-team All-Pro. Now, Ian Rapport from the NFL Network, an NFL insider, was on Chicago Radio 670 to score Danny Parkins and those guys in the afternoon and said that Roquan Smith is asking for more money than Shaquille Leonard. He points out that the most recent great player to sign often does reset the market. So he's going to want over $100 million. Are you ready to give $100 million to an inside linebacker? A lot of money, folks. Especially when you don't have a quarterback. And, oh yeah, Bradley Bozeman, if he turns out to be the starting center, you're going to have to find a way to pay him if you want to do that. Or find someone else who can play center that's already on his roster. Brady Christensen, Cade Mays, two names that come to mind. So, should the Panthers trade from Ro- Roquan Smith? It's not necessarily should they. It's like, can they afford to pay for Roquan Smith? Not just the compensation, but also the contract, knowing that they don't have a quarterback yet, and they have other guys like Burns and Chin who are down the road going to need to get paid. And by me, by down the road, I mean March. All right, so the Panthers are, well, they were down the road. They're going to be heading back on Wednesday. It's the final day of 12 down at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina for training camp and that portion of it. They'll head back up, have uh, fan fest on Thursday, head to Washington the next week to be down in or really up in New England for all those uh, joint practices before the second preseason game. We'll give a little bit of update on what's going on Tuesday as Matt Roll again, as he does, speaks to the media and provided some insight on what we might see on Saturday night. Well, he kind of did. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. All right, Wednesday, which is today, depending on when you're listening to the show, this will be the final day of training camp down at Wofford. And, man, kind of makes me sad. I always love when we are down at Wofford. It's awesome. It goes by really quickly, which is a good thing, because we'll soon be back in the NFL season and have real football, like Robbie Anderson tweeted out on Monday. F the preseason. I'm ready for week one. And, yeah, I feel you there, Robbie. I think that's definitely one thing we can absolutely agree on. As it, as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers and just the NFL as a whole. Like, Give me college football, give me the NFL. Let's get to it already. Now the Panthers again, final day on Wednesday. Only the threes will be practicing today in Spartanburg. The ones and twos did some conditioning work after practice on Tuesday, and they headed back up to Charlotte that evening. And I don't know. It's probably going to take them a long time to get up here. Uh, I mean, I'm recording this technically on Tuesday evening. God, 85 is a disaster. Like, I, had, I was in Chattanooga, like I told y'all this weekend. Had to drive back because my flight got canceled. Thanks a lot, American. Um, and I had friends who, like, drove the down 75 from Chattanooga, then took 85 to Atlanta. They're like, there's no way I'm doing that. I'll drive through Knoxville every day the rest of my life. And I hate driving through Knoxville, Tennessee, than ever have to drive through Atlanta and then 85 north through Spartanburg in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm good. So hopefully everybody gets back safely, because that's just a terrible drive. And I don't know how quickly they can get up here. But that they're either way, the ones and the twos, they're back. The threes, they're chilling. Gonna do a little bit of a walkthrough. Uh, it's gonna be a good opportunity for someone like Matt Corral, especially, to get a lot of reps, as he has not gotten very many this uh, the last couple days, or not really the whole training camp. Um, and then we'll see him on Saturday. Probably for the majority of the game, we'll see how the reps get split up. Matt Rule has not talked to Sam or Baker, really the quarterback room as a whole, as he's going to meet with his offensive staff and try to come up with a game plan of how they want to implement those quarterbacks, especially in the preseason opener against Washington on Saturday afternoon. And he does say that some projected starters will play in a preseason game. Let's see it. They have a lot of competition they're talking about having right now during training camp. You need to see it play out in actual game settings. Will it be against the ones in Washington? No idea what Ron Rivera wants to do. By the way, Ron Rivera fired Sam Mills Jr. today. Um, That was interesting. Two days after his dad went to the uh, Hall of Fame. Odd timing. Um, Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. A couple other things before we get out of here. Uh, Marquise Haynes was back in pads. I was surprised by that. Had a scary uh, knee injury on Saturday that turned out to not be a scary knee injury, as he was day to day back out there in a red uniform on Monday. Then in Pats on Tuesday, so good to see you with Marquise Haynes again. Don't really think it's all that necessary that he's playing in the preseason game that quickly off of uh, being day to day, but if they want to play him, then sure go ahead and play him. Would rather see someone like an Amari Barno get an opportunity in some of these other young players that we haven't heard much from. Uh, J.C. Horn was back working in two red zone periods, had only been doing individual drills and had been on the stationary bike after coming off of the pup list and then was out for a little bit of a vacay this past weekend as they didn't want him out there as they continue to work him back slowly. Matt Rule did have to drag him out of one of the uh, the sessions because he was trying to get out there. Apparently, he thought he was supposed to be there. Matt's like, no, get out. We, we, We don't need you right now. We need you week one. When Cleveland comes to town. So, good news there as far as JC Horn goes. Some other guys that are on the shelf Colin Thompson, Keith Taylor, and Terrace Marshall, all in red uniforms. I think that's the first time for Thompson. Taylor still dealing with that hamstring injury, and there's a lower body injury for Terrace Marshall as the Panthers apparently are going with the whole NIHL uh, injury report. I hate those. Um, Ian Thomas was carted off with what appeared to be a rib injury, and Matt Rule did confirm that. Not quite sure what the status is for Thomas right now. Uh, hoping he'll be fine, especially when you look at the tight end room. Steven Sullivan, he's been MIA recently. Apparently, he's dealing with depth in the family. So, of course, our thoughts go out to him as he has to deal with that. With the tight end room, you're missing two guys. I mean, three guys. So, Colin Thompson, Ian Thomas, and Steven Sullivan. So, a little bit of a injuries there as we've talked a lot about the cornerback depth and the injuries that we've seen from that position group throughout training camp. And then one last thing, C.J. Saunders has a leg strain. And that is notable considering that he's someone who's getting an opportunity to be a punt returner and a kick returner. He's going to be right there on the roster bubble and could find his way on this team via the receiver room. We'll see how the, I guess, yeah, it won't be a kick returner, be more of a punt returner. We'll see how that plays out, especially with Andre Roberts here in Carolina. Not great timing for CJ Saunders, someone who needs every one of these preseason games to prove that he's someone worth being on the 53-man roster. Last year was on the practice squad and probably where he's going to end up again this year in Carolina if they can keep him once they probably inevitably waive him. But not great at situations. There's an update there as far as all of that goes. And Matt Rule, again, as I said off the top of the show, I, I want Matt to just go ahead and name Baker the starting quarterback. He maintains, and we heard from Ben McAdoo, the new OC here in Carolina, for the first time in training camp so far. They're both still looking at next week. New England joint practices. They in that preseason game on Friday evening of next week to come to a determination of who should be the starting quarterback. And it's gonna be Baker Mayfield. And we all know that right now on August 10th. But for whatever reason, we're gonna drag this whole process out. So that is just well and good and so fantastic. Thank you, Matt Rule. All right, it's gonna wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network again. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. We're here every Monday through Friday, your team every day. Be sure to wait, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Watch us and subscribe to our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. This Friday, can answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, as I always do. Either at me or DM me, at Julian Council, to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.